Warning, Mombies will discuss information regarding true crime or other topics that are spooky in nature. This may be offensive to some listeners. For more information on the potential trigger warnings in this episode, please review our show notes and be cautious when listening. I'm Beth. I'm Christina. And I'm Holly. And we're the Mombies. That's a great question. Weird. Just just absolutely strange. How do you even do that? I feel like that's gotta mean something. Something. Hello, spooky humans. Welcome back to the Mombies Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. And I'm Holly. And we have a crazy, mind-boggling case to cover today. It will be a two-parter, so today we will get into part one. But before we begin, we have some bingo details and a surprising true crime community update. So, Ooh. Holly, do you have some bingo up or bingo details? Yeah, bingo and boobies! Woo! <laughs> bingo boobies. and boogie. So, October 22nd, 7 p.m. Doors open at 6. Go buy the tickets. Buy our tickets on Eventbrite. Just look up Mombies Bingo and Boogie, and you'll find it. And it's on our socials. And it's on, yep. Mm -hmm. A shortcut. Check us out. We'll probably start blowing it up on there. Yeah. You know, push that out. This will be the first one. You don't want to miss it, but. And there's limited tickets, you guys. So go Mm -hmm. and get your tickets now. Don't wait. Um, Did we say the price? $25? $25 and then $30 at the door. $30. So you'll even pay more money if you wait to the night of. So just go ahead and get your tickets now. It's going to sell out. I know it. You know it. It's going to be so fun. Mm-hmm. We're excited, you guys. All right. Well, and then we, like I said, we have a true crime community update. So if you've been following the news, you might have seen that Adnan Syed was released on Monday of this week, uh, September 19th, 2022. After his 2000 murder conviction of the 1999 murder of his ex-girlfriend, Heyman Lee. So he's been in prison um, for over two decades. Oh. If you can even imagine. Um, there, it's been hotly contested as to whether or not he's guilty or innocent. So this could either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending um, uh, of the truth. And it's definitely been one of those cases that you might have heard of uh, due to the 2014 podcast serial is is when that first released my first podcast my first two that was what really got me into the true crime Uh uh-huh that's what beth told me to listen to i i don't think i listened to every episode and then whenever this talk started happening i went back and listened to like the last couple of episodes for me it was so hard because it was so many episodes yes my brain was just like i cannot keep up oh my gosh for sure (laughs) I, but I remember each week, I think I was listening to it each week, like e- in real time. And I remember thinking each week, I'm like, okay, he's totally guilty. You know, 
keep him locked up. He's where he needs to be. And the next week I'll be like, oh my gosh, he's totally innocent. Yeah, I... Get this man out of prison. I feel so bad for him. Oh shit. Sorry. Um, I hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start. Um, I want to like, I, we will do that one. Yeah. I think once, once they're, you know, they figure out um, if they're going to try him yeah. and you know, then we'll go from there. But I'm excited to see what some other podcasters do with this case. Now. I agree. Crime Junkie. I know just recently, I think within the last year, covered him again and it was the the first time i'd heard the case in a while so it kind of refreshed me on the details i you know it's been a while so i'm not remembering everything right now but i I remember feeling so frustrated with his defense yeah i was really happy to see that he was released because um because it was the prosecution saying like we don't think we did this right and he shouldn't be in prison and regardless of whether he's guilty or innocent i can't decide what i think about that but just the fact that the yeah. prosecution said we fucked up. Yep. And and he either deserves a new trial or or shouldn't have be, been tried at all. Right. Is so huge and it's exactly what should be happening in our justice system. That's how it's fucking supposed to work. Yeah. You're supposed to drop your pride and go, we fucked up. We need to fix it. We need to look at this again. And I yep. just think that's amazing and such a huge step. And, and it they, speaks volumes. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yes, because they're um, they're the one that asked the judge to vacate, and they will have thirty days to decide whether they'll retry him or there's two alternate suspects that they have not announced names and have not ever been charged in the case. So that'll be interesting to see. But you would think if they were going to now, who gets to decide if they want to retry him? But prosecution has already said and gone out of their way when they didn't need to. So if we were going to retry you, why would we even do this? They're going to retest some DNA. So they're going to see what that says first. They didn't think it was fair to keep him in jail. While wow. they're investigating, okay, they do some more investigating. They, yeah, they felt they felt that there was enough evidence that he should at least not be in prison while they f- figure this out further. Okay, so yeah. which is interesting and an interesting case study of our judicial system because. If I remember correctly, I think there was a lot of things that happened on the prosecution side that just did not make me feel good in the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, from his initial trial. Oh, absolutely. And so it's interesting now that they're making, well, trying to make up for that and well, by doing, by, sorry, no, by, by, by vacate or trying to get his, his sentence vacated so they could re look at the case. Yeah, and these good. are new prosecutors. So the original good prosecutor point. is good pissed, point. Yes. But the new prosecutors are like, hey, wait a minute. Good point. The new prosecutors. And they, and to your point too, that, that, is interesting and, and amazing to hear is that they they said they will sign off in his innocence if the DNA proves otherwise it proves that so yeah. very interesting we'll keep an eye out on that as that progresses um, but the true victim here really is Heyman and we want to keep her in mind and really hope that she gets the justice that she deserves absolutely and her family, and her family. And her family. absolutely. All right. And it's very interesting the timing of Adnan becoming or back up in the news because it the parallels to the case that we're going to talk about today are very striking it's we're going to talk about did the wrong person go to jail were there prejudices was evidence managed or analyzed properly and do our witnesses tell the truth so very strong parallels to our case today it's a very um i'm very interested to hear what you guys think at the end as as to whether or not the person who is in jail um is innocent or guilty So we will be discussing today the tragedy that happened to the Routier family. Um, oh, I got a little bit mixed up in my notes here. Darlie Routier, Darren Routier, and their sons, Devin 
Damon, and Drake. Oh my goodness. So three little boys, um, very picturesque family. There were so many details about this case that our our murky lies have been told, truths have been stretched. So I'm going to try to, very deceitful behaviors in very interesting um, different angles of pieces of evidence. I'm going to try to be unbiased in how I tell this story. But you'll probably hear a little bit of my opinion seeking, seeping in. I will tell you, I'm I'm still baffled by this case, even after researching. So um, please let us know what you think. Yes. All right. A quiet stillness had settled in on Rowlett, Texas, as the hour struck 2 a.m. on June 6, 1996. The Routier family had gone to bed for the night. Darley Routier and her son's six-year-old Devin, five-year-old Damon, had drifted off to sleep on the first level of their home. Darley had allowed the boys to sleep downstairs with her where she had been sleeping at night since the school school was out and the boys were, it was summertime and they wanted to sleep over in front of the soft glow of the new TV that Darren had just installed. Darren, her husband and the youngest son of only seven months, Drake, um, was upstairs sleeping in the master bedroom. Okay. Darley was experiencing some, what could be described as postpartum. Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. So to sleep downstairs is not outrageous to me. She She's wanting some just peace and quiet, uh, her own alone time. I get it. She did also mention that uh, Drake made noises at night that kind of kept her up. And that's kind of a, a little bit of an important piece of information in this um, as we progress. So let's kind of put, put a pin in that. Okay. Darren and Darley had been having money trouble. Darren's business wasn't bringing in the money they needed and they were living outside their means. They had met through Darley's mom when he was 17 and she was 15. They were young and in love, and after Darren proposed to Darley on a ski trip, they were planning their lives together. The two of them worked together at a tech company where they learned about the manufacturing of circuit boards for computers, I believe, and some kind of tech, and they eventually went to uh, into business on their own. Darren ran the business, he manufacturing and sales, and then Darley managed the books. I believe they possibly had some employees, but they at least began in their apartment and moved into a commercial space. So they had definitely expanded their business. Okay. And Darren's, yeah. And it's crazy how young they were um, and how much money they started making right off the bat. So Darren grossed a salary of $240,000 in 1995. That'd be a little over 500000 I believe it was today. What? I looked it up. I forgot to write it down, but I believe that's what it's, it was. So don't quote me on that. But it, it was definitely, you know, with inflation. That's jump A lot change. of money. Right. Jump change. for mm-hmm. At the time of the event, Darren was 28 and Darley's 26. So they're they're in their 20s. God. Yes. Sounds nice, right? But they were, you know, as young people may do, they weren't managing their money very well. They were two months behind on their mortgage and they couldn't make payments on their $12,000 credit card debt. Inflation would be 23000 today and owed ten k or twenty k in back taxes to the IRS. They had just purchased a 28-foot boat and t- Darren's vehicle, um, a Jaguar, was broken down and in need of repair at the shop. And he was using Darley's vehicle at the time. So the two had been at odds. She wanted him to get the vehicles fixed. She wanted her own car back. Um, and money trouble always adds stress to a marriage. Gosh, and to think about that, you're making that much money and, and you're then not all of a far sudden, behind. Struggling. You're like, oh. Right. 
So at the time, I just mentioned at the time of the incident, Darren was 28, Dolly was 26. They had moved into this big, beautiful home and remodeled it with marble tile and a fountain in the front yard, a sauna and a hot tub in the back. I mean, they were living large. Mm -hmm. That's why you can't pay your bills. I think I just mentioned this, but if not, they had also just purchased a 28-foot boat. Okay. So they they had some expanses. Um, li- living large as one does, or as they were doing, has its stressors, and they there were reports of verbal abuse and just kind of vitriol between the two. They were arguing, they were at each other's throats a little bit, more so um, between the two of them of Darren towards Darley. But it takes two to tango, of course, and Darley herself even admits to being quote moody um, in the time leading up to the event. So I'm her, sure if you have that much money problems, I mean, my, yeah. There, it'd be hard to mm-hmm, not, not yeah. feel stressed and let that kind of seep into your relationship, even if you feel strongly in your relationship. The night of the 5th, they had watched some TV, and after the boys fell asleep, they talked. Later, they both would say they talked about the business and some of the, about the money issues, but they didn't argue, and they mainly talked about their upcoming trips. They each had, they had family vacation, and Darley had a, a trip to Cancun planned, and the boat they had purchased also needed repairs. So this is a funny. Jeez. Maybe not. I shouldn't. I shouldn't belittle his his business venture, but kind of a little bit of a funny anecdote is the boat was actually purchased for Darren's business venture called Champagne Wishes. People could rent a private tour of the shoreline and sip champagne, and then use the room and the bed down below. Oh. <laughs> Can you? I can imagine. Can you believe it? Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not videotaping no, it. Exactly, right. Or listening. I'll just be up here. Or watching through the yeah. 72 peepholes I've made in this room on my boat. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's so true. on your boat. <laughs> right, don't worry about that. That's not for me, that's for you. Later, a friend and even a psychiatrist that Darlie and Darren both went to would testify that the two were indeed fighting that night. Uh, over money issues and in addition to everything mentioned before the fact that Darlie was feeling stuck at home raising the babies and needed more freedom like having her car back for one and did Darlie did not only just have her children but also the neighbor kids in and out all day apparently the routier house was the house they were even nicknamed the nintendo house by the neighbor kids due to their game room mm -hmm. and Darlie was the mom she looked she was looked up to and it was a lot of pressure their friend who had been there that evening saw Darley pacing back and forth in the kitchen, heard arguing, and, and the tension was thick that night. So it just shows you. I, I bet they were arguing whether or not they want to admit it. But right. Just setting the scene for... I feel like when anyone says, like, oh, and it was totally fine. We weren't arguing at all. Uh-huh. You, that means you were You're fucking arguing. absolutely yeah. arguing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that doesn't mean much, though, because you don't necessarily want to air your own personal... Right. If you feel like it has nothing to do with the night of what happens next, right. why... You're like, we were just talking. We were just talking. Yeah. It's no big deal. Another um, inter- another interesting and confusing part of the timeline, which we will find out is very confusing, is at some point that day or night, that's differed in other, different sources as to what time this even happens, um, Darren took Darley's sister Dana home. And there were rumors that Darley had confronted them um, over a rumor that the two were having an affair. Oof! Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were actually rumors of multiple affairs on Darren's behalf. But we have to take rumors with a grain of salt. Um, I want to make that clear. The fact that Darren and Darley were very young and attractive and flaunted their money around made them prime targets for gossip. They called Darley shop till you drop Darley. She had big blonde hair, fake breasts, and Darren was flashy in his material items as well with diamond watch, golden diamond rings, and his Jaguar. 
But they were not reduced to their material items and how flamboyantly they presented themselves. Darlie would bake cookies for the kids, have them at her house. She would make meals for the neighbors in their time of need. They even covered a mortgage payment for a neighbor going through a really tough time. So they were really, actually really well-liked. They, it was just one of those things where it's like, that's Darlie and Darren. That's yeah. just who they are. So, I mean, they were actually that's really nice. loved for being yeah. who they were. Regardless of what the two discussed, they did eventually part ways that evening. And as Darren headed upstairs and Darley snuggled in on the couch, Darren would say that... Nope, nope don't want to say that yet. <laughs> Mistake in my notes. Don't, don't mind me. Um, Darren would then go upstairs, like I said, and, and where he and Drake would sleep. And he would then later say that he was awoken by glass breaking and the shrill and earth-shattering screams of Darley from downstairs. And from this moment on, their lives would never be the same. Hmm. Terrifying. As I mentioned, this all started happening around 2 a.m. It was, it was around 2.30 a.m. Um, the 911 call would come in at 2.31. Darlie has changed details of her stories. One of the details is how she woke up. So let's start there. Initially, she said she woke up being in a struggle with a strange man, an intruder in their home, and Damon crying. The man began to flee out through the garage and Darlie went after him, seeing a bloody knife laying on the floor and she picked it up, but the intruder was then gone. Darlie, ch- Darlie changed her story to say she awoke feeling Damon pushing on her arm, saying mommy, and saw the intruder. Um, and then, Oh, I just got the lily so bad. Oh gosh, uh, right? Can you imagine your kid Worst being year. like, hey, mom? Mom? Yeah. Mom? And like pushing There's on you? There's a fucking boogeyman in here. So in, in to that point, I mean, you're waking up, you're tr- you're in shock, you know, the, you're like, what? what, you know, what's going on? As you see, like someone standing over you, your child's like mom and, you know, I'm, sh- I'm not sure how quickly she realized, but there's blood, you know, on her son, um, as we'll find out that both boys were fatally stabbed. <laughs> but for a little while, we'll see that Damon was coherent. Um, and so he did either way that she tells her story could be possible that she could have woke up to a struggle with the intruder or she woke up with Damon saying mom and seeing the intruder details like that. Again, it's, I I can understand why they, especially if the struggle ensued immediately after that. I mean, you're talking about seconds of time, like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he, maybe he said, yeah. I mean that nah. Yeah. And so one of my Theory, personal theories is I will get into I'm jumping around, around a little bit with details here we'll get into it but Darlie herself is injured and so we'll get into it you know more of that but I think that what possibly could have happened was she was attacked and then maybe like fainted or passed out or you know whatever during the attack and then the intruder like thinks she's dead and like goes to leave and Damon's like, mom, you know, like mom, like wake up or, you know, whatever. So that yeah. it could really be two of those, the, you know, both yeah. stories. Absolutely. Is that plausible? I don't know. I don't think I would pass out during a struggle with an intruder when my kids are right there. Shock. You never know what the body's going to do to protect itself. Oh, absolutely. We'll see what kind of wounds she has. They're seemingly very significant. So who knows? Damon had begun to follow his mom in the kitchen because, as she mentioned, she's following the intruder out the door. So they are, there's a, I, I sent you guys some pictures in the chat. I believe I sent you an image of the layout of their house. Mm-hmm. So Darlie 
and her children are in the family room. And then she says that he goes through the kitchen uh, into the utility room into the garage. So you can okay. kind of see, yeah. see the layout there. So the, the garage, we'll find out too, is possibly where the point of entry was as well. Which would make sense why he would go back through that way. Right. So let me get back to my notes here. So she follows the and sees a, a bloody knife on the floor. And we'll talk again more about the evidence. The, the knife was from the home. Okay. And Darley picks up the knife. And at that point, she says she starts screaming for Darren and she calls 911. We talked about Damon following Darley into the kitchen area or towards the kitchen. His brother, Devin, um, had also, and we mentioned the fatal stab wounds they, they both received. Devin had also received his fatal stab wounds and had not moved from his location. So it's presumed he died probably fairly quickly mm-hmm. as he did not move from where he had fallen asleep that night. Darley, as we mentioned, Darley herself was injured. She had a large gash down her neck. It looked like her throat being slit, but it um, it w- it went kind of diagonally. So it started up to- closer to her chin and then went downwards. She also then had a stab wound in her near her collarbone, on her arm, and then some defensive wounds like nicks on her fingers, and then black and blue bruising up and down her arms. Again, there should be some photos that you both can look at while we discuss. Um, yeah, I saw that her her arm that I've never even seen anything like that before. Wild. Her entire underarm is black. And you and can then, see that. Okay, I can see those there. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. So Darley calls 911. During this time, Darren is checking on the boys. And again, he says he hears glass breaking and Darley screaming. So he's coming from upstairs. He's checking on the boys and doing CPR on Devin, which was immediately unsuccessful as his lungs had been punctured and the CPR only caused trigger warning, but blood to spray out from his open wounds. Oh, my. And just, again, I don't want to drive this home too much, but just little children. I I just can't imagine their little bodies. Mm -mm. It's, It's heartbreaking. And to know that's his son, you know. And we're going to listen to the 911 call now. Okay. Um, I want to warn you, it's very distressing to hear, but it's a very important piece of the case, and it helps with some of the timeline, and there are parts of the call, the call that are very heavily scrutinized. Okay. So, all right, here I go. Uh, 911, what is your emergency? Ma'am?
Anxiety inducing chaos. Very heartbreaking. Oh. Very heavy. What do you think to oh, that? I think I'm going to hold on to my opinion for a second. Yeah, I get it. I'm going to process that a little Pro- bit. Process it. Longer. Um, uh, yeah, I'll I'm mention quick that. too that uh, I sh- probably should have mentioned before. We'll. We'll post the transcript of the 911 call on uh, our, in, our, in our show notes. I would definitely recommend looking at that while you listen or after you listen just to kind of get a little bit better idea of what's said. It's, it's oh, absolutely. That's what we just did. I walked over by her microphone, and yeah, you it, it would be impossible without it. Yeah. I read it yeah. on my phone as I was going. Oh, okay. I couldn't even stay with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would definitely recommend doing that, looking that over. I will say the transcript that's available we'll get into more of the evidence in part two the transcript that's available is incomplete there are some issues with missing it just says unintelligible other analysts could pull more from the transcript than what's there so just keep that in mind but it, it's enough to give you a good idea of what's okay. going on in the call so so i want to say now that darley is the main suspect right away by prosecutors or by investigators excuse me and we will discuss more on their theories, but keep that in mind as we discuss. I can understand that. Some of the issues people bring up uh, is that she, her focusing on the fact that she picked up the knife, saying, I picked it up. Oh, my gosh, you could have gotten prints. I picked up the knife that someone that she says someone broke in and then stabbed her and then her boys. Um, it does help the, t- the 911 call does help establish a timeline as they say Damon would have had around eight minutes between the attack and when he would have died and she's telling him to hold on. So there is between her and then what the EMT will say here in, in a minute. Um, it, we are, are to believe that Damon was still alive, maybe barely, maybe just holding on, but alive at this point. She does ask over and over again, why is it taking so long? Like, ma'am, ma'am, are you listening to me? Why are, you know, and while they're trying to dispatch, like, please hurry, get here. When are you going to be here? Um, and saying things like, Damon, please hold, please hold on, honey. So this differs from what you would see when there are people guilty of harming someone. Uh, they try to downplay or delay getting help. So this would definitely kind of work in Darlie's favor um, towards her innocence. One that comes to mind is, if you guys are familiar with Sheila Devalu, she had stabbed her husband. And then while he's like, I need help, you know, she pretends to call 911 and then says that they have to call her back. And then she hangs up and then eventually just decides to drive him to the ER, drives him around the parking mm-hmm. lot. I mean, she just delays, delays, delays. So this is definitely would differ from what you might think a guilty person would do. And the fact that she's like, rush, get here. Oh, my. She's the one that calls 911 to get the help. Um, the one thing about the knife saying that who could have, um, or that you could have gotten prints, people saying that's suspicious. The 911 caller or operator does say first, 
do not touch anything. I think she says it multiple times and then says, don't touch anything again. And that's when Darlie says, oh my God, I've already picked it up. And then it's almost like it clicks. Oh my God, you could have gotten Prince. Yeah, that one doesn't hold very much weight. And it, it's it's odd, but just it's a odd. little. It, right. It, it, our brain thinks those types of things. We have immediate reactions and you're in a state of the most mass chaos you could ever be in in your life so and their operator is asking do you know who could have done this she did but i felt like that was towards the very end which almost seems an unnecessary question at that very moment but maybe some distraction can be like helpful i don't know but it seems like who gives a fuck Right. Who did it? To figure out this is my address and come to my address. I don't exactly. care who did it at this moment. I just need you to fix it. I wonder if that's like part of their training if they're like mm-hmm. as much information as you can. Which right, is because shady too to they're me. thinking about it right then. But right. that's the same thing. That's what's hard. Like people who are like in the hospital and these horrible things have just happened, you're just like fucking bombarding them right. thirty seconds after it happens and you're just like, Oh my gosh. But you can get lots of information, so it's a double edged sword, but it is. But, but then it's like then you they hold them accountable when their information changes after they've had time to right. process and people's stories i mean uh, that i don't think that holds enough weight her being a little bit off or like her saying right. hold on and maybe he was already dead even if she knew in her head he was already dead you're still gonna say it like hold on baby hold on like you're yeah. still gonna say all kinds of yeah. things and but it the 911 call gave me some feelings do you know if they're good or bad feelings yet or are you still processing um not not great i mean i can understand why she would be a suspect yeah Mm -hmm. they also focus on the fact that she keeps saying who you know who who was it darren who could have done this i don't know who could have done this who was this who could have you know it's a again it's a strange focus Mm -hmm. in the moment is she trying to throw suspicion off of herself maybe um you know, one of the theories is that maybe it was Darren and she, through her shock and present mind, she's not reconciling. That could have been him. She does say she saw the back of this person. So maybe her, she's like, could it be him? No, it couldn't be him. So maybe she's like repeating like, who, who could this be? Darren? Like, it, it couldn't be you. Right. But she's not saying, yeah, you know, yeah. that's just a thought, uh, uh, you know, a theory. So I mean, if she's panicking. There's probably so many things running through her head at that moment. Right. I mean, all of it, it you know, right. What happened? Who did this? What do we do? Oh my God, my kids are dying. My kids are dead. They're no, but they're dying. Oh, now he's breathing. Oh my God, I don't know what's happening. You know, I mean, right? There's got to be. Just- and none of that. There. Same thing we kind of talked about when we were talking about a little bit of Jean Bonnet earlier. Um, is none of that holds any weight? Right. What what you think you would say or not say unless she's like, I did it. And then she's like, I didn't yeah. do it. You know, right. you know, especially in but this situation. That. Right. Yeah, the, even yeah. that, you know, um, it's not enough. Like it just is those weird things that happen that as they start stacking up, it really just doesn't look great. But yeah, agreed. We'll see how this plays out. How many more cards get stacked up on her side? So another something to, to note. The timelines are so murky. Who is where, when, um, but at 2.40 in the call, so two minutes and 40 seconds. You do hear Darren, I think it was the first time you hear it, is like about a minute into the call. And then you hear her say, the 911 operator says, is there anyone else there with you? Darley says, my husband is here, and that, quote, he just ran down the stairs. There's discussion because one, one of the pieces of evidence is that there's jewelry on the counter, um, Darlie's jewelry, expen- I would assume expensive jewelry. And one of the th- 
theories or one of the comments of, of this case is, and I, I can't recall exactly where I heard it, but I want to just put that in there because I found it interesting that she specifically said he just came down the stairs. There's um, a theory that he ran upstairs to get her jewelry, to put it out, to kind of be like, they, you know, see, they were here to rob us because we've got this nice, you know, we've got these nice things. We've got this nice jewelry. Weird twist on how mm. you would view that. I mean, but if he was I'm there to sure. take it, why didn't he take it? Because he ran back out of the garage and he probably just goes swoop. Well, I guess if the table's not on the way from where he was and, running. And if Darley is to be believed as the one that did this, then nobody would have been there to take the jewelry, you know. But I don't know. It's a, it's a weird... There's so many ways that you could view some of the things that have been mm-hmm. said about this case and some of the things that witnesses have said, some of the things that the investigators have said. You could spin it so many ways. It's It'll make it dizzy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, and it's nearly impossible to hear unless you turn the volume up very loud and you slow it down. Um, I listened to the, an audio clip of this um, on a different podcast, so I won't play it. But it, what you will hear very briefly is, so what happens during this time that she's on the call, um, Officer or Investigator Waddell, who I believe was actually retired at the time and just he was close enough in the area, so he responded um, but he he does he does come in at that time and he's talking to her as she's on the phone. You kind of hear a male voice in the background. You can't really hear what they're saying. Um, but right after she's you know she says, "Oh my gosh, are they they're dead?" Then she says again, "They're dead!" Like really loud. Officer Waddell again. I told you the transcript is not complete. Another analysis has said that you hear Waddell um, say, "Sit down, lie down." Like you're you're too frantic. You yeah. need to calm down. This will be discussed further and part of like the evidence and as we go like dissect more in part two. But what he says at trial is that he had to ask Darley to go help get towels and help the boys. And like he tried to ask her to like render aid and she just sat down. So there you will find that again, there's there's just there's, odd, there but differences of story. Yeah. So it, I'm just going to sit here. I don't know what the f- I don't even know what language you're speaking. Right. And that's very fucking possible. Absolutely. What I've just watched, I don't even know. You're not even real. Like, I would just know. And so you would think, like, you're going to fucking mother the shit out of your children when they're hurt. Okay, well, your children didn't just get murdered in front of you, and you also got stabbed somehow, injured, whatever the situation may be, whether she was innocent, guilty, whatever. Right. That's still super traumatic and she does say that she doesn't feel good mm-hmm. she thinks she's dying and the you know so again blood maybe loss. She, blood loss maybe she's just feeling faint plus shock like you might have said something and all she heard was sit down mm-hmm. just sit here okay. right right and that's what they say too that they think that he's he was the way that he had said it was more directing her to sit down as opposed to just you know her being like oh i'm not gonna do anything i'm just gonna sit here yeah. right yeah. so she does say too that um again we'll jumping around on details a little bit here but there they will find blood in the sink and it looks to be like it was washed away um there is however a splash like you know like right as you'd lean up against the sink there's a like a big blood splatter there so if you're washing at the sink you'd think that you'd wash up that big blood stain right in front of the sink i'm not sure her explanation is that she was she was getting towels for the boys but she was wetting them strange i don't know why you'd think to wet the towels 
maybe she's thinking there's so much blood I've got to clean it up. Right. Like, I'm just going to wipe it off. I'm going to yeah. wipe you off. Right. Again, frantic mind. You're just right. like, and when, yeah, I might get some fucking towels wet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then maybe she rinsed them out. Maybe she, her, and she's cut up. So her blood being in there. Yeah. Rinsed mm-hmm. like quick, like as she's like frantic during this 911 call, that's what she says she's doing. It is like during this call or I must be right around that time, a little bit before, but she does say during, and if you think about it, that's five, five and a half minutes, almost six minutes long. They do get there before the call cuts off completely, but let's call it five minutes. That's a long time for your brain to be like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You're doing some weird shit to get to just do something to just move and feel like you're helping. And she yeah. said she had no idea about how to do. First I feel aid. like you would just be like going around in a circle. Right. And that's why she's saying, ma'am, ma'am, like, well, are you there? Are they coming? Like, where are you? Like, do they have my address? You, right. Like, are they here? How, when are they going to get here? Are you... And it would feel like 10 years. Yeah. You'd exactly. be like, what the hell? So at this point, when Darley hangs up with the op- operator, the officers and paramedics have arrived on scene. Darley told them the intruder went out to the garage, through the garage, and after a quick look around, they allowed the paramedics to treat the boys and Darley for her wounds. The responding officer admitted he never went out into, like, actually into the garage. So you can get an idea of how thorough the search was initially. I was going to say, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You think that'd be the first thing you do? What if he is in the fucking garage? Yeah, you don't know that they... Because the garage door should be fucking closed. Yeah. Because it's 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And it is. And the way the point of entry is a screen that's been cut, like a window. Mm. Um, So, I mean, you don't know that, though. You don't know that they haven't... They they aren't planning to go... waiting, right? Right. Somewhere. I don't know. You know, whatever. You don't know that they have been able to get out of that garage. Yep. So... In their defense, they had to quickly clear the scene for the paramedics to get into the children. They can't let the paramedics in until they they can clear and be sure that there's no imminent threat. So that's fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, I can I understand that, but yeah. Ugh. So that's part. You're of talking it. literal seconds matter, mm-hmm. and you're like, hold on a minute, let me go walk around this giant fucking house. Yeah. And make sure there's. Nobody, no bad you guys. Know, clear like, every room. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. And you never think about it. you don't see stuff like that because that I feel like I would be like screaming like get, get the fuck out. You You're here. Get in here. I would probably touch the kid. Oh, I would be, be like, carrying here. them outside. I was here. Just thinking take, that. Take yeah, I'd be like okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's get them out. Even though you're not supposed to do that, I know you're not supposed to do that. And I can be on here and say, oh, that's weird. You shouldn't do that. Guess what? I would do all of it. I'm fucking touching it. But that's exactly the point. You don't know. What your brain is going to say, do this in the moment. And in, in shock and trauma, mm-hmm. it's 2.30 in the morning. I mean. Yeah. <sighs> your dreams are probably half mushed in with whatever reality is Absolutely. happening, you it's, know. You're twilighting still, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, then you're a mom. So even if, like, for example, even if she saw that her son was dead and she's wetting the towels, maybe in her mind she knows that he's dead and she's just thinking, I need to wipe his face up. Like, yes. I know that probably seems strange, but when someone dies, those kinds of things do cross your mind. When mm-hmm. you're in the, I mean, my mom passed away. I, I need to clean you. Body. Yeah. You know, there are all kinds of weird things that you think that, that just weird things cross your mind. Like, and they, they, she pretty much knew Devin for sure mm-hmm. was dead um, due to Dar- uh, Darren's CPR efforts and he had, <sighs> the boy hadn't moved and... Um, and sadly, at this point, he was not showing any signs of life. Mm-hmm. So he had passed on where he lay and had been sleeping there that night. 
Damon was on his stomach when the paramedics arrived and was moved onto his back, at which point, so he'd kind of slumped over. So he'd kind of, you know, fall, been kind of slumped down into place, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, at which point the EMT noted um, he made one last gasp for air and then he was gone. So as he moved him onto his, from his stomach onto his back. This again is important for timeline purposes as to whether or not he was still alive at that point because there was such a short window of time. So it's debated um, whether or not the air was just in his lungs and pushed out like as he's flipping him over. The first responder said he saw the light leave the little boy's eyes. And our neighbor is an EMT firefighter and actually has seen a situation very kind of similar to this, very sad. And they just know such personal details about end of life and caring for their patients that I, be- I believe that. I-, I do think that Damon was had died at that moment. Mm-hmm. So at that time, the first responder scoops him up and thinks, and I, you know, I I have to save him. I got to do anything I can. Gets him out to the ambulance, and they do take him off to the hospital. So the call came in at two thirty one. The paramedic the paramedics were administering aid uh, at two thirty between two thirty five and two thirty seven. So again, talking about that timeline, Damon would have only had about ten minutes um, after the attack. So this would mean that the attack would have happened around two twenty five in the morning. I want to take a moment and thank um, first responders here. I'm going to tear up. I think Holly's tearing up as well. Gosh. I'm already <laughs> How can you not? I can't. <laughs> How can you not? It. This is just so sad. But I, I want to thank first responders, our EMTs, our nurses, our doctors. We are so lucky to have heroes like you. I, I can't imagine going through um, these moments uh, and being there for people in their m- biggest need or the biggest moments of need whether they're dying or whether they're injured. I mean, they care for us without any, you know, very selflessly. So we very much appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you. After tending to Devin and not detecting any vital signs, uh, the first responder then moved on to Darley. And she was checked and bandaged on scene, but then was taken to the hospital to be treated for her, own, her for her wounds. The crime scene was shut down, aside from a neighbor that Darren had gone to retrieve and she was a nurse, so they allowed her into the house t- to assist. We are about to get into some preliminary time frames here. Again, we'll go over that again in part two. But my goodness, Darlie and Darren's time frames are just so hard to pin down here. Um, and there's a very specific reason why. So we'll that we'll get to here in a second. But we'll, let's talk about um, what, Dar- what Darlie has said again for her time frame. So she's saying she woke up. To Damon saying, mommy, mommy, um, as he, so actually this is a direct quote, so let me just go ahead and read it from Dar- from Darley. I woke up hearing my son Damon saying, mommy, mommy, as he tugged on my nightshirt. I opened my eyes and I felt a man get off me. I got up to chase him. As I flipped on the light in the kitchen, I saw him open his hand and let the knife drop to the floor. And then he ran out through the garage. I went over and picked up the knife. I shouldn't have picked it up. I probably covered up prints. I shouldn't have picked it up. So, so, so you're saying you got neck sliced and stabbed and cut up and bruised like I've never seen in my fucking life. And you were sleeping through that whole thing. 
That's not exactly what she claims. She claims she does not remember it. Okay. But again, kind of back to my theory of the two stories being to correct. Maybe she, you know, again, I had at that point kind of forgotten about the bruises as well in her arms. That's pretty brutal. So maybe she was just like in shock and fright. Then I didn't want to let all the details go at that point in time. But her neck wound, you know, you think about that, like bleeding from your, like she could have gone into shock. I'm not sure how much blood she lost at that point in time. She just lost some, uh, you know, lost Mm -hmm. seconds, could be 30 seconds of time or whatever. She just lost that. Okay. All right. Okay. I can see that. Again, to your point, and when we put a pin in this about her sleeping downstairs because, um, Drake made so much noise. They're like, so the baby baby in his crib made so much noise, you couldn't sleep up there, but yet you slept through your boys being stabbed and yourself being stabbed. It's very suspicious. So, you know, one of those things that, you yep. know, that points against Arlie. After this, she screams for Darren and calls 911 for her story. What we initially have for evidence is a bloody knife that came from a knife block in the home. So the murder weapon is from the house. We have jewelry untouched on the counter, blood that was cleaned up in the sink, a broken wine glass that seems to have landed on top of Darley's bloody footprint, a vacuum cleaner that has been knocked over with blood underneath it, a cut screen in the garage to gain entry, no real signs of a struggle per the investigator, and one of the most confusing pieces of evidence that, again, is just what really throws a wrench in the timeline is a sock that is known to be Darren's sock, has fibers from his shoes, with a drop of blood from Devin and a drop of blood from Damon found 75 yards away down an alley that went in between theirs and the neighbor's homes. What? Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Wait. And again, what? I believe I sent that in um, Messenger. So look at Darren's the, sock the has blood of both of his children on it up the street. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Darren's sock. It's Darren's. Oh, I was thinking it was one of the boys' socks. It is Darren's sock. Okay, okay. Yep. Very interesting. And they tested it. Fibers match Darren's shoes. So it was from the house. The first picture I sent you guys in Messenger is the path from their house to where you would where the sock was found. So to the left, the white house, mm-hmm. down the alleyway, and went to the X marks the spot where they found the sock. So that's quite a little scurry. Yeah. The prosecution's timeline of events. Oh, and just for those that aren't seeing it, that's three houses down, um, about a block away. Yeah. Those are decent-sized houses. It's but... a de- yeah, they're decent-sized houses. Uh, 75 yards. I'm not great at imagining yards in my mind, oh but my let's, let's say three mansions away. Almost a football field. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... So the prosecution's timeline of events would be that within 10 minutes, because again, we talk about Damon's stabbings to when he would have passed away, Darley would have had to have stabbed both children, cleaned up the, the crime scene, as they say that there's evidence of it being cleaned up, then staged the crime scene with breaking the glass and knocking over the, the vacuum cleaner and knocking over the flower arrangement, went 75 yards, went out 75 yards down an alleyway in her nightshirt, planted the sock to avoid suspicion, ran home, stood above the sink, and slit her own neck, cleaned up the water in the sink, but did not clean up the large stain of blood that's visible dripping down the front of the cabinets, stabbed her collarbone area, and stabbed her arm to the bone, and then created defensive slices on her hand, then screamed for Darren, and then called 911. No fucking way. 
But it's very possible if he's upstairs sleeping and the littles are already sleeping. But in less than 10 minutes, all of it? And this... But how do we know that's 10 minutes? I mean, what if... How, because of how Damon, long? the Damon timeline. Because he, when he, from when he was stabbed to when he died, okay, it would have had to be about 10 minutes. That's what the, like, the autopsy or yep, whatever. That's okay. what the, the analyst has so, said about a time frame. When did they find the sock? That night? That, when they were searching that night. When that Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was there that, it was there okay. that night. An interesting part of time frames and where this, everything gets so murky Waddell, the investigator who arrived first on scene, whom he's an interesting character. He, I believe he was retired at the time. Either way, was not dispatched. He arrived Mm -hmm. and didn't call in to dispatch to let them know he was there, which is pretty much protocol because if something were to happen to you, people need to know where you are. Right. Um. I couldn't find for sure for this week. I'll see. I'll see what I have more for next week when we dive. When I dive a little bit more into the evidence, um, but w- if he said this or if someone else said it, but it said that Waddell saw a, a man on the front yard of the house when when he arrived. He arrived probably about four ish minutes into the call for time re- for time reference. So let's call it two thirty five. He saw a man on the front yard believed to be Darren, what what we, I think, are assuming to be Darren, which would, strangely enough, match up with a time frame where he, where Darren is going to the neighbor's house to get the nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, they said he, it was around 2.35 a.m. that he was there. Could they be off in time? Because he was shirtless with his jeans on, fresh rip in those blue jeans, and no shoes. That makes sense to me if you're running for help. I, that's not weird to me. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about the sock that was found, there is photo evidence of blood on his shoes in the house. I don't know where that would fit in or if that fits in at all. It's it's just weird. Um, but I wonder if and they could why been, one sock? Exactly. Where's the other one? Where, did he have a shirt on? Because the intruder would have had a shirt. If we're thinking Darren could have been with the intruders, right? You know, is is one and of if it is an intruder, why are you in the front yard now all of a sudden? Because as we look at this picture again, you went out the back, you went all the way around the other side and came to the front of the house because the neighbor that he was going. So the thought is, is that he could have discarded this sock that he saw had blood on it, and then to kind of determine like why he was outside of the house went to get karen the nurse to yes help. yes 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 i mean the intruder if we're going on intruder theory the intruder goes out you got to go out the back which would have been through the garage to get through the garage so then you ran around the front that would be weird why would he be in the front yard the intruder so that feels a little well they say that it was darren in the front yard which could have been him coming back from getting karen the oh nurse. they're positive they're he said they're he not. saw a man that's what i'm yeah, saying they're if not. we're saying we're not sure maybe I, it was the bad guy the bad guy right. would have to come around so it seems most logical especially considering where the sock is for sure yeah it would not make sense for the, the intruder to come around front mm-hmm. and then go back or you know yeah whatever. whichever way um, you're not going to come back that way and risk because at this point police are the 911 has been called they're coming there was noise right and if he ran i mean the assumption is that he ran through the garage and then left immediately would be 
I would be my assumption. Right, right. ran if down I, there and if, dumped if, the if sock. Four minutes into the call, you wouldn't think the guy is still standing in the garage. Right. Like, I wish he had been. So that right. Right. He dumped the sock here and then keeps going yeah. away from the house. Okay. Andre yep. didn't dump them, and, and maybe the dropped I mean, it. It's stuck, it. On stuck on him. Yeah, it got like stuck I, on your clothes. Or maybe he used it to pick up the knife from the block, and like maybe. you know, that he still had it, and yeah. like and then it, it fell on the floor and got blood on it, and he picked it back up. Or, or it was got in his blood pocket, on it, well, like blood spatter. Don't you know how scabby socks are? You know, Don't you know? <laughs> I'm totally kidding. You know, like when you're when and you there should be. It's part of that sock come from. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's true. I, I mean, I thought about that too. But I that, is that possible? The likelihood. The is likelihood. it possible? Sure. Yeah. But I, there's got to be blood like dripping off, all like the way to the garage too. Like there, you'll see. We'll get it again right. in the in the. So prosecution would say there's there's not blood where they say there should be blood. Blood. Okay. Pictures kind of prove a little bit otherwise. You can we'll get more into the all that um next time. But you know, it's possible, like I said, they maybe they used it to kind of try to cover up their fingerprints. Maybe there's a basket of laundry right there and they're like, Scoop because it is weird enough that they are taking a knife from the house too. I mean, that's something that we didn't. Right. If you're here just to yet, commit but, murder mm-hmm. because you didn't steal anything, right, then don't you why don't you have your weapon same thing with jean benet like you're here to do some bad shit you don't Mm -hmm. have your fucking ransom note ready you don't have your fucking tools you don't have a flashlight you don't have the shit you need to you know do all this it's interesting just coming empty-handed maybe you think you're smarter than police and you think if i bring something with me what if they can figure out it came from me Mm -hmm. so i need to grab something in the house but if they slice the screen to get into the house then there should be, they use something. Exactly. Right? So why do you need a knife in the house if you use the knife or something? I do feel like with a screen, you probably could poke with your finger a hole and then just like meh, run your hand hard Depending enough down it like screen. it's a yeah. cheap ass mm-hmm. screen or something. We used to have the ones that are like metally. So yeah, that probably hurt. Yeah. Doing, but you're right. I didn't think mm-hmm. about So to, to, it's hard to not give away certain details that we want to talk about next time, but there is a theory that one of the another knife in the block was used to actually cut the screen, which would indicate someone was staging the scene. Because it had fibers something on it. Because they had fibers on it. But we'll talk more about those fibers. Holy shit. It's very interesting. There's it's so one of those much. things. There's so much. And it's one of those things that you can look at it one way and be like, yep, that's it. That's that case solved. That's it. And then another and you'd be like, oh, but oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see what you're saying. I see. Because where... it doesn't even it, like the intruder in the sock. That, that really doesn't make a lot of sense. But even Darren in the sock. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't. Oh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It really where's doesn't. Where's your other fucking sock? What? Where's your other fucking it, sock? It and where's your shoes? Sock? You. It would need to be like your shoes and your socks and your shirt and your pants. Like you had to get right. rid of everything. You just put, you're just sprinkling it everywhere. And it right. just had two drops of blood on it? That just two it. drops. I was going to say maybe he like, I mean, it wouldn't fucking stay on his foot that long. So it still wouldn't make sense. But like maybe, okay, like you got, he stepped in blood and then stepped on the sock that just happened to be laying there. Because y'all know how fucking men are. Y'all are mm-hmm. married. Yeah. And then he stepped on that random sock that the husband didn't throw in the hamper and then it went with him. But it would be a shoe print. And it would be lots also, of blood. It would not go with him that far. I just right. well, if it was Darren, though, if we think that it, it was him, he may, might not have been wearing shoes. He might have just had his socks on. So what if he did step back into spots of blood on the floor and noticed, you know, yeah. what got rid of his socks or what, thinking there's going to be maybe there was another. But he sock just that how was did, bloody? How also did he coincidentally only get one spot of yeah. one son and one, one spot, spot of another son? And they were, that fuck. 
fucking possible. No fucking way. Two drops would be like cast off, right? I mean, it would have to be something like that. It would have to be cast off. Or stepped on one drop. Right. Right. Like but step you stepped on onto, only like, one lonesome drop of one son and so only one lonesome drop of ap- another son. I mean, Whoa. this is this is wild. I don't even think this is possible. But if it was cast off and he just stepped back into it and maybe the, the other sock went in the puddle of blood and that's why we haven't found that one. Maybe he's better at hiding it. I don't know. Okay. Maybe he did kind of think, oh, this this might help. Like as he's taking stuff off, like let's kind of plant. I, I, I don't know. But weird going, again, though. No matter against Occam's innocent here, or guilty to whoever, <laughs> the fact that the sock has one spot of blood from each child sounds staged. It sounds staged. It, yeah. That's what they, the prosecution it, says. And it, it does for whoever it is, yep. it, yeah. whether an intruder and they're trying to do something weird or whatever. That right. just is weird. Right. It's just weird. Sure. Two drops. I mean, like not even together. They are two separate drops. So it does. It feels very. Staged. That feels weird. Yeah. Okay. All right, so by early morning, the prosecution had honed in on their main suspect, Darley, and there was a reason she felt that, or they felt that she would have had motives. So another piece of evidence, um, or a piece of evidence that they really uh, relied on was her diary. So I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from her diary. They're already reading her fucking diary? Jesus. I don't know how quickly Think about the mass, because you're saying the next morning. Yes. So I don't know how quickly they got access to the diary. This may have been, but I mean, they would have processed the scene within 24 hours, you think? Like, I know, but you're everything. literally processing literally every fucking, like, yes. opening every single drawer and just tossing this whole house. They, they would have had to. To well, find unless, my diary? Unless there was, you know, I didn't see anything about this where they said a search warrant was executed at all. I never saw that. So it, it must have been that night where they were going through i don't know and in the moment i'm sure you're like yeah they're like we're gonna fingerprint your whole motherfucking house because you should you you, you don't know really what happened maybe Same it was thing just with, sitting out yeah you know yeah with this kind of i, mean, I don't know if she would have just been sitting out this is it's kind of personal diaries in general are and there's so much information in there that you know they they, they don't talk about right. the good stuff mm-hmm. you know so it's sad that you know they hone in on this but I'll, I'll read this again. Take it with a grain of salt. You're getting just a small snapshot of, of her life. Um, so September 7th, 1995, while pregnant with Drake. David, or Devin and Damon are growing so fast, and I see myself getting older each day. I am now seven months pregnant, and we're bringing Drake Routier into the world. I have had two dreams about death in the past several months. Both times I am hesitant to go, but when I did, it was such a wonderful feeling, one that you cannot describe, and both times I felt I was going to be with the Lord. October 1st, 1995, three weeks away from having Drake. I really love Darren with all my heart, but sometimes I feel like I'm missing something. I'm sure I have everything every woman could ask for. Maybe it's the excitement, things I used to do when I was younger, the thrill of not knowing, just doing whatever came up. I know I have a lot of responsibilities, but a little craziness once in a while sure wouldn't hurt. I want to grow old with Darren, but I don't want to feel as though a part of me has to die to do it. I am young and I want to feel it. And she was young, you know. On May 3rd, 1996, seven months after having Drake and about one month before the murders, Darley wrote, 
I hope that one day you will forgive me for what I'm about to do. My life has been such a hard fight for a long time and I just cannot find the strength to keep fighting anymore. I love you three more than anything else in this world. I don't want you to see a a miserable person every time you look at me. Your dad loves you very all very much and I know in my heart he will take care of my babies. Please do not hate me or think in any way that this is your fault. It's just that I dot 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 and it cuts off. That's all they give us. So again, what more did she have to say? The prosecution took this as some kind of admission of guilt, mm-hmm. an omen of what's to come. Obviously, she's unhinged, you know, so emotional. It sounds like a suicide note, though. That doesn't sound like I'm going to hurt my kids. No, it, it's saying I hope your that you can forgive me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your dad, yeah, your dad will take care of you. The I don't feel like I had heard the whole thing. I feel like I had only heard the little snippet of it before that, where, mm-hmm. they, where it makes it sound like you know, forgive me for what I'm about to do. I don't think I had heard the rest of it. So. Yeah, because they can slice and dice it however they want to make it look. I mean, mm-hmm. not to not to throw shade at prosecution or for investigators, but there's a lot of times that you hear evidence. I mean, they're trying to prove a case. To their point, they're trying to. They're thinking they're trying to put a murderer away. So I yeah. get it. Yeah. Right. It's just hard because if you might be wrong, if you're manipulating and you're wrong then you could really be messing with someone's life here. Yeah. You don't you don't get to manipulate the evidence to prove your case. Right. You do the detective work and you prove your case that way. Absolutely. That's it. You don't get to lie because what about when it's you that that they're lying about and you didn't do anything wrong? Yep. Even if you think that they're guilty, you don't get to fucking lie about it. You don't get to. No. Even if it hurts your case. I think that prosecutors who do that should go to prison. Absolutely. After you lose that case and it's been proven without reasonable doubt that you were wrong. That means you fucking lied. Yep. That means you fucking lied under oath. Now you're going to prison. Yeah. I Sorry. And you know how many less cases will be like that and will happen like that? Because I'm not going to take the risk. I'm not going to fucking tell them all this shit that I don't know because then I'm going to get in trouble. There is, if, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before or not, but my, one of my favorite only in the way that it's just so it, it just really opened up my eyes. But my favorite stories is um, the Curtis Flowers case, oh. and the I think it's called Tardy Furniture uh, massacre that happened. There was four people killed, and he was blatantly framed. Blatantly. I mean, they did. It's the second season of the In the Dark podcast. They do a, an amazing job. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it. They went and they poured through arrest records in a, a place that was abandoned and it was just like covered in rat feces and went through and got paper. I mean, they put the breadcrumbs together to prove that he was just blatantly framed. It's so sad. Um, and he is actually out now, luckily. Thank goodness. Um, but it just shows you how there are flaws in our judicial system and there are people that are not always going to be honest on the quote-unquote good guy's side. Mm-hmm. So, so again, the prosecution took this as an admission of guilt. The defense claimed this was more of a suicide um, note, maybe not even a suicide note, but at least a contemplation of, of suicide. Yeah. And this is not glamorous to talk about, but I know through personal experience as a mother and with having talked to other mothers and, heck, other human beings in general, it's not uncommon to have suicidal ideations or fantasies or i think it's just a way that our brain copes with stress that feels beyond our ability to cope with at the current time Mm -hmm. and most people don't actually act upon these thoughts they're just processing them and darley even says that this was suicidal not homicidal thoughts that she had been thinking right which is clear yeah i mean it's completely Clear. clear from what she says in there yeah 
She's not saying, I hope you guys can forgive me. I hope Darren, You'll you can forgive me. Heaven. You know, um, yeah. She literally said, your dad will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And she then says that she'd been thinking about taking a bottle of pills that she had. And then after she wrote this, she realized she really needed help. And so she told Darren and together they dumped the pills out. It's unclear at this point if she then started going to see anybody, um, but at least she had let him know that she's feeling this way. And Darley was on diet pills. She was dieting and losing weight and had been breastfeeding Drake. And she said around this time that she was having a, quote, moody couple of days. And there were even accounts um, that of her being short-fused with the kids during this time that, of course, prosecutors pounce on. But she said after several days, she got her first period since having Drake who was born October 18th, 1995, or seven months after he was born. Again, with the diet pills, the weight loss, the breastfeeding, even the depression or, you know, being possibly anemic could account for a delay in her cycle Mm -hmm. to squash anyone thinking that that's too long. I will say, though, like, so we're talking about the note where that, I agree, that looks suicidal. But I think that that is still relevant when you're talking about the possibility mm-hmm. of her doing that because you are in a very delicate state if you're already feeling like that and you're talking about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And so it's that's an that's an somewhat easy switch to fall into yeah. when you are already feeling that way and and now you're talking about diet pills. Losing, losing in probably a weight in a, not a healthy way, um, that can cause psychosis. Absolutely. And so I think it carries a little bit of weight, it not does. that it's yeah. any type of guilt of that, because that's not what that's saying, but I it, it does carry some weight in the possibility. You, you have to frame her state of mind, mm-hmm. and that's a good way to kind of get a look into the inner workings of mm-hmm. it. And during this time, I haven't had the chance to look into the details of this case quite yet, but there's a woman named Susan Smith... Um, who had just oh, that's who had just killed her children and then eventually did admit to it. So they're they're kind of lumping Darlie in with Susan in their minds. And so seeing this, they're thinking. So she's saying this is PMS. This is just after I had my cycle, I felt so much better and I was better. You know, I was fine. I was edgy. I was moody as one is mm-hmm. as a you know a, a mom with a three children that are so young. Um, but like you said, it could go both ways and. Was this PMS symptoms or was this the beginning of, or, you know, symptoms of psychosis? Mm-hmm. There is postpartum or, or psychosis. Or um, PMDD? Mm-hmm. That, that have more of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yep. I don't know what I can't remember about, the but acronyms, but it's like, yeah, it's like... It's like premenstrual dysphoric disorder? Just, yeah, I think I think that's right. I can't remember. That sounds right. Yeah. But either way, it it's further than just depression. You go right. into actual psychosis. Right. Yeah. And that is possible. And that um, happens quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother has Parkinson's, and so this is not connected, but it is in your brain. You have a chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance off, and it literally can happen like that. You could be sitting there and be completely fine, and then boom, you're in just under stuck under complete psychosis like it it can happen really quickly so you can you can still see that as like oh well she wasn't showing enough signs i mean shit can flip real quick oh absolutely um especially with all the hormones in your body after having a child of just so dare one thing to mention too about the symptoms of like the psychosis or talking about the depression is that one thing to keep in mind too is as we go back and forth as to you know did she do it did she not is everyone in her life says she was great she there was no 
warning signs. We didn't see her acting strangely. We didn't see her, you know, doing this or that for during the trial. And like afterwards, um, Darlie's mother-in-law had custody of Drake and always was, you know, staunch supporter. She didn't do this, you know? And so it's like people with that are, you know, close to her, but not like her immediate family were even like, you know, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see how this could happen. So but to your point, it could happen so quick. It happens so quick. You might not have And during signs. that time, a lot of people hide, especially women. That's they hide point. what they have going on and they put on a brave face and eventually it just, it can take it over. Just, it yep. could, you know. Um, and you don't want to get to the point where you say it and then it's just like all of a sudden it's too late. It's consumed you. So And especially your family, your close friends. I don't think I could fathom. You know, if somebody told me you did that, I'd be like, no, they fucking didn't. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's point. the person you love. So no matter if they were showing signs, you would just be like, nope, don't no. know what you're fucking talking yeah. about. No fucking way. Not my family. These yeah, are that's people. that's not, you yeah. know, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I totally agree. And people, even if people are, are someone who would plan something like that, even if she was someone, if she's just this person who would definitely do that and is manipulative and all these things, a lot of times those people hide that kind of stuff anyway. Mm-hmm, not that true. I'm saying I think that was the case here, but... Right. Even there, you hear people all the time say, oh, he would never. The mm-hmm. fuck he wouldn't. Right. Because he did, you know. So. Right. To, to get to keep to to continue behaving the way that they want to behave towards a certain person or group of people, they're definitely not going to show that to everybody. Right. So, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Not that I'm saying I think she did that, but anyway, right. it's just kind of playing devil's advocate in another aspect of how you can look at those things. Yeah. And you have to really look at this from all viewpoints. Darren and the kinds of things that he prioritized and said are not reported on enough, in my opinion. So to put this out there, Darren also like had made some comments about missing the good life. He'd made comments about Darlie's body, you know, after having the kids, how they didn't have enough time for naked playtime around the house anymore, where they could just chase each other and Let's laugh. Let's fucking and have shut up. Hey, Darren, go fuck yourself. Naked Absolutely. Playtime. Shut the fuck up. He bought Darlie the breast augmentation, um, which people were so bothered about at the trial and claiming a mother shouldn't be so productive. Oh my God. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, this is nice. You know how she became a mother she flaunt her fucking titties out so she could get pregnant i mean what do you mean now after you have babies you don't have boobs anymore you don't have vagina you don't have boobs oh nope the expectations of what a woman should be at every phase of her life and how she should look and behave and damned if you do damned if you don't Mm -hmm. are just so infuriating i agree so fucking stupid so darren will also make comments to the investigator at the hospital about Hey, Darlie's like really hot though, right? I mean, I've got I'm, I'm a lucky man. She's really attractive. She's like sexy man, right? And you know, just kind of weird. While stuff. they're waiting for their what while they're... she's uh, after the attack, while at this point in time, the both boys I would, would imagine have been pronounced confirmed. dead oh. or confirmed dead. Um, but yeah, while Darlie's while his sons are, Damon is actually at the hospital that Darlie's at. So while his son is laying there deceased at home at the hospital and darley's here injured you don't know how critically um making gross. the weirdest comments gross. yeah gross. And, and that's gross anyway and can you even that's gross even if you're not in the no, situation right. you're have, it's just gross i'm right. trying to too think about like where would you go if you were the husband you have a child at home and you have a child in an ambulance and you have your wife in an ambulance right where would you be you can't be in with your okay. kid. Yeah. Because your wife can't be with your kid and you have to be. I feel where you But where? Well, at home dead, so or you in the, go to the one that could still be alive. I don't know, but I don't know why I do that either. 
I'd be I like, and can I, I just take him with me? I, I'm not saying and then... I'd, be, I'd be okay leaving the other one, but I'm saying that's what, that's what you have to do. Yeah. It may not that have been would... immediate. You know, the, Darlie was there for some Right, could have been. Right, could've right, been. right absolutely. So, and that's off topic. I'm yeah. just. But it's a good point. I can't recall, like, how. I, it, they made it seem like it was, like, that night. But it could have been a couple. It could have yeah. been that day. I mean, it's worth talking about such early hours of the day, you know. That's so weird. See, it's just fucking weird. Like, it's and sometimes weird. people are just fucking dumb. Yeah. 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 I mean, who? maybe he was in shock or just, yeah, trauma, you know, the just... trauma of it all. Like, maybe he's just, like, trying to focus on his future. I mean, you don't know. People cut off emotions that don't feel good. And Absolutely. they try to focus on what does feel good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. So you can't. They talk about. Darlie not asking much about her children at the hospital and how she has some kind of like dull affect and how a, a triage nurse says that she actually wheeled her by the room that her son was in and she didn't even like look in and like how cold that was. But did Darlie she know that was his room? Right. First of all, I'm not sure. I can't confirm that. So maybe she didn't. Second, maybe she did, but didn't like realize. I mean, she's in a state of shock. She's medicated. They had to sedate her. They said so weird. Yeah, like sense. the difference is, yeah. And in the, oh. and if you had to sedate me, then of course I seem dull because I'm sedated. Exactly. The things they say, the things that they have in their notes, and then the things they say at trial. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah. So and but again, it's just like you just don't know how you're going to react. Maybe she had to cut off that part of her emotions. Otherwise, she would have just like had a heart attack you know you don't mm-hmm. shock like emotions and shock can put you into a medical and speaking to the husband's end being being weird or saying weird things also think about if he was 28 when this happened mm-hmm. and this was in the 90s mm-hmm. so he'd have been born like in the 70s mm-hmm. okay so does anybody know any men in the fucking 70s i've got three older brothers and i can tell you they don't feel shit yeah. it's all blocked down we don't talk about it we don't mm-hmm. deal with it you know, when my mom died, Shut my brothers didn't, like, there was no, none of that emotion. Now, granted, yeah. obviously, it wasn't this kind of situation, but. Right. So, you're talking about a time when, as a man, you didn't show emotion. You, I mean, they were, he was raised at that time when you didn't do that. So, yeah. Just to go to that. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I. I'm talking about that. I'm sorry. It. It makes, there's so many things that make sense. Again, it's just, there's so many things that you can view one way and view another, and it, yeah. it means two different things at the mm-hmm. same time. So. To end part one, I want to talk about a very key part of the trial. In fact... I'm mad at you. <laughs> Holly is very mad that we're ending now. I know. There's so many questions and so much more mm. to discuss. But I want to discuss a very interesting part of this case. Um, I want to show you a video. We're going to have to just link this because what's happening in the video is visual so i we can't play it for you on the podcast um but it it will be in our show notes i encourage you all to watch this so pause go watch it and then come back and listen to holly's response to it yes so let's pause here okay okay so we're back so we just watched this video which definitely if you haven't watched the video stop listening and go watch the video you got to so it's all of it's really weird to me actually Number one, completely and utterly inappropriate for a reporter to be at the gravesite where my children were just murdered one week ago. Get the fuck out of here. They may have allowed him to be there. That's yeah, fucking weird. Yep. 
that's fucking weird and i'm not sure doesn't mean doesn't mean guilt or not guilt or whatever um but it's fucking weird like a lot of the other stuff all the balloons the 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 singing and it's only a few seconds but feeling like you would even be able to get anything out of your mouth but we've talked about this before with your mother and that's tragic but you're two small children. I don't think there's anything that can trump that level of pain. If you picked what would be the most painful thing to happen to you, it would, right. I feel would be your children, yes. in my opinion, for my life. You know, Absolutely. a lot of moms probably and dads feel that way. Um, my worst. I, ha- I don't feel like I would be able to get anything out, let alone be talking to a reporter, let alone in such a very... Um, personal sensitive time Mm -hmm. it's weird it's weird doesn't mean anything i guess but it's weird they do i will say the jury does during darley's trial request to watch that video seven times so it's definitely a very big part and it's not just her and it's not just her husband it's all of them it's whoever else they have there with them it's all weird like it's not like oh they're just being weird just just you know darla and darren or whatever you know it's everyone i will say it is the thing that is kind of like striking about it is how much she's smiling and smacking that gum and like spraying and like laughing and (laughs) you know it's very it's a weird juxtaposition to her son's death (laughs) It, it is and like you said we can't say but what we can say is is that's fucking weird it's weird i was gonna maybe save this comments for uh for next time as we go back and look over the evidence and look over you know talk about the trial but there is one thing that i want to put um as a little nugget of information in there as well is that whether or not this changed your feelings about the the video clip it was suggested darley did not bring the silly string it was I think either her sister brought it, but it was suggested by like her mom to do so. She said, her mom said that I told Darlie, let's throw Devin a birthday party. It was his birthday. It was only a week after he was brutally murdered, which I, to Holly's point, I could not, I I couldn't hold a birthday party. I'd be like, I'm sorry. No, I, I need to ball my eyes out more, but they did say that. So since they were the house of the neighborhood, the the, um, the little kids of the neighborhood were getting really afraid and were, like, scared that the intruder was going to come back and harm them. And so the thought was, let's host a birthday party for Devin, make it fun, and let's show the kids of the neighborhood that they don't need to be afraid and that everything is going to be okay and show them, like, a good face. And, and Darlie may have felt the need to kind of be like you know, happy and show the kids yeah. that she was okay. Yeah. Also, let's not do that because there might be a fucking kid but murderer like, out there. Exactly. So please be scared. So please be, you know, aware. Please and, watch. Yeah. It, agreed. It's a weird... I can see both sides of that, I guess. I yeah. can see someone in your family being like, okay, just for five minutes, mm-hmm. we're just going to... We're just going to love and we're mm-hmm. just going to sing and we're just going to pretend and we're just going to feel nothing else besides love. and Send the and, silliness and, up to heaven to yeah, celebrate them. Uh, and, yeah. But it's still it so... It doesn't feel right. so icky to me. It still. does. You, you would not be alone in feeling that way. Even Darlie herself has you know admitted that wasn't the best decision. Yeah. There is... 
more to the day. There was a prayer service or a prayer circle, at least um, at, before where everyone was crying. It was very somber. Mm-hmm. So they did take care of all of that before. And then I think put on a happy face right. for the children for the right. day. And you have somebody, you have a reporter here. So everybody's yeah. all fucking acting weird because there's a reporter there and he's going to yep. be videoing us. So let's just pretend like it's fine. And then you act weird because somebody's recording. You're like, well, we yeah. talk about now we're recording. We're going to fucking say weird shit because yeah. people are listening to us now. And, yeah. So of course, somebody's re- you're on tv yep so you're like ah, everything's fine and then everybody just looks weird yep and also if you've already gotten all of that crying out it might be a little bit easier to kind of compose yourself yeah for some people i don't know I and everybody feels different some people don't don't want to go like overdo it on the opposite mm-hmm. like i've cried my eyes out now i'm just gonna be like almost slap happy yeah. you know yeah. Um, you never know. Ugh, but I will a say a week later. Hmm. Yeah, a week after. Because I, I don't know if I could yeah, leave I the the bed. I mean, yeah, it's it doesn't feel right, regardless how you however you spin it. Um, yeah, I feel inappropriate. I'll leave one more nugget of information to kind of show how the prosecution has framed this whole event. Um, and how they get to view it at the trial is that there is audio recordings because the police illegally wiretapped those graves trying to get a, a, like a confession from Darley from that day. And so the jury does not get to see the somber prayer service or hear all that kind of stuff because the police, um, investigators who planted the devices plead the fifth. So therefore, at trial, they're not able to discuss or have the jury hear about this, um, about the the prayer service and all this somber, like sad and crying beforehand, because it it criminally implicates the police officer who has taken the fifth. So it's this weird, like legal hoop that um, is is jumped through on the prosecution. So we only get to see. At trial, they only got to see at trial that that. But clip. that's not a weird legal legal. I'm sorry, it is. But you're just covering your own ass and making this woman look worse, and fucking literally. I mean, I know that you're not lying because you're pleading the fifth, or whatever. But you're fucking lying. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna cover my own ass and protect myself. Fuck that bitch. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's right. fucked up. Yeah. It would be that's very so interesting up. to hear what she says or what they say during yeah. that time because Absolutely. it could have very much been like. It's something that the jury needed to hear from her. Exactly. And you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. So you're up there saying, well, I'm going to plead the fifth to protect myself. Fuck you. You did something wrong that you weren't supposed to do. And then now you're willing to put this woman, whether she did it or not, what if she didn't? What if she didn't? And you're didn't. willing to just fucking hang her out to dry. After she's lost two ass. children. Oh, After right. she's lost two children. Yep. Fuck that. That's fucked up. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. No, I, it's they, infuriating. They real good on the microphone. It's infuriating because exactly we we don't know if it would have further. It obviously didn't further implicate her. Otherwise, they would have used the audio or figure out a way to use it. I don't know if they could have. I don't know. Um, Yeah, they could have. He could have put himself. He could have criminally liable. Yeah, he could have risked it. And I bet he would have. I'm not sure what the end game would have been otherwise. You know, like what are you doing it for then? You know, because you're you're. But what are the chances at that? on the day like that that she's gonna be like oh Darren, hey, I Sally I fucking murdered our kids like <laughs> right. what the fuck it's you, a fucking you, nobody's saying shit that day they're gonna say it two weeks later or whatever do it at their house tap right. their house right if you're tapping it illegally then you couldn't fucking use it anyway so you're tapping it illegally to use it 
Right. Well, I think you're tapping it illegally because then you're going to, okay, I heard them say something. So now they can try to figure out legally how to get them on the record. So don't think that they would ever use it, but they could say, oh, now we're definitely going to keep digging. We're going to keep digging on this. Well, I mean, yeah, they'd figure it out, but it would help you. I can understand why someone would do that. And if it's a bad guy, before you know, you're like, that's bullshit. But afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm really glad you did that. Right. Illegally. I'm sure there's usually good reason. Oh, I know that there's not because there are bad police out there. There's bad people out there. But... It could, you I know, cannot, yeah. It, yeah, it could give them threads to pull at and make sure they... But in that them. situation, that sucks because, like you said, you're not using it anyways and now you're just making this woman look worse, but you are. You are. You're lying. By withholding the truth, you're lying. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so really all you were going to look for to do this was to harm her case in some way. Like, it could have... You never thought that this could just be objective... To right. Either harm exactly. or exactly, exactly, and that's what you're supposed. To, that's your whole yeah, job. That's Absolutely. your job is supposed to be objective. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So again, that's where we're going to stop part two for today. Great. We're gonna pick I hate back you. Up. <laughs> Dive into some more evidence <laughs> next week, and where Darley, Darren, and Drake are today. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Since Drake is still alive. Oh, poor Drake. I know. He was a tiny baby, so there's just no, uh, really probably no memory PTSD from that. Oh, probably right. a little so, bit from hearing as you get older and older and you're going to read that. about it and live mm-hmm. it and know it. And then you're going to carry that later. Oh, good to know that you had those. <sighs> That's a lifetime of memories that you didn't get to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Molly, you got I'm a gonna, joke for us? I didn't tell these jokes at the fucking beginning. <laughs> <laughs> got to lighten the mood at the end. We need it. We need to be brought back up. <laughs> okay. Jokes with Holly. I don't know the right to see these jokes. Also, I'm going to tell two fucking jokes because it's, it's mine needed. and I can do what I want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it's Halloween time, so Bring it. you know. Okay, ready? Why don't you ever have an unexpected pregnancy when dating a vampire? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. Holly's dying. Because they can't come inside without asking for permission. <laughs> oh, that's, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm banking that one. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Why do witches wear no panties? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Something about the broom? I don't know. <laughs> For a better grip on the broom? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're welcome. I needed it. I needed that. All right. Well, before we go, check us out on our socials. We're on Instagram at Mommy's Horror Podcast, Facebook, Mommy's Horror Podcast, TikTok at Mommy's Horror, Gmail, Mommy's Horror at gmail.com, and Patreon, Mommy's Horror. Come check out Patreon. You get uh, early episodes, you get bonus episodes, you get early access to our tickets for our events. Mm-hmm. Give us your money. Give us your money. Come follow us. Give us suggestions. We want to hear from you. We love you. Sweet dreams, spookies. Sweet dreams. <laughs>